understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. Before we jump into this incredible episode, you have to know that this episode is sponsored by our upcoming Women's Weekend, Women's Summit, our annual summit, Innovative Income Summit. This Women's Weekend, this circle of community, over 200 women will be in Tampa, Florida, July 31st and August 1st to not only celebrate and empower one another and create community, but exchange resources because when we come together, not only are we damage control, but we are truly everything we need within and with each other. So we're creating this space for you to heal, feel, dig deep, understand, and bring you business strategists. Some of the ones that have helped us scale and build our businesses, double, triple our income will all be in this room for you. We created Innovative Income Summit years ago because we knew women were so stuck in a pattern, myself included, stuck in a pattern that we thought that our worth and our ability to achieve financial freedom was stuck in someone telling us our level of experience, hitting this 10-year mark, an ex, a partner, a spouse, our father, a director, a business owner, our manager, our boss, telling us what we were worth, dictating our worth for us. And ladies, we are here to tell you through the power of this event that you have the ability to determine and dictate your own worth. You get to level you up now and you have everything you need within. And if not, you have incredible women around you and we're going to put them all in one room for this summit. On top of that, we are going to have so much fun. We have so many activities planned, so many great people coming to speak to you, people that we've used on our own journeys. And so you have to be in this room. The event is almost sold out. I want you to come hang out with us in Tampa, Florida. I can't wait to see you there. And I can't wait to give you a big ass hug. Make sure you grab your ticket before they are all gone. InnovativeIncomeSummit.com. Again, it's InnovativeIncomeSummit.com. Now. Let's jump into this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. It's your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley. And I'm coming to you with another banging guest, someone that I have met throughout this lifetime that just truly did something for my soul. You guys know I don't share anybody with you that doesn't mean something to me or has brought me some value in some way that I'm so excited for what they were able to do to my life that I feel the need to share it with you. So let me share this story with you guys real quick before I introduce this soul to you because you're going to be blown away. So last year I joined a mastermind of, I swear to you, some of the most incredible women, which I highly advise, by the way, because if you don't get yourself surrounded with women that are making more money than you, doing more than you, impacting more than you, then you will never elevate and rise to the occasion. And these women truly called me to rise to the occasion. What value I didn't know that I would get out of this mastermind was meeting women 
they were going to fill my cup in places that I wasn't able to fill on my own. And as you guys know, I've been going through some huge transitions, um, circumstantial changes in my personal life. And so obviously, of course, I went into this mastermind surface level thinking I was going to scale my business, but I have met some women that have just truly helped me on a personal level that I did not know I needed. And this is this woman for sure. I was using and leaning into her skill set. She is an attorney and the founder of the Jameson Law Firm. And so we were talking through some personal things. And you guys, y'all, I sat at lunch with this woman and she got me together, got me all the way together. I have to go as far to tell you that I've never met a woman that knows her worth more than this woman right here. And I'm obsessed and highly attracted to women that know their value and know their worth and walk confidently in it every day, because that's what I aspire to truly understand and be every day. And this woman right here, y'all buckle the hell up. I'm telling you. So I am so excited to share, introduce you guys and tell you that she will be joining us for Innovative Income Summit as a speaker. So not only will you probably either feel truly empowered or cry today, you will also if you are joining us for Innovative Income Summit. So she's the founder of the Jamison Law Firm. She is an attorney and she is the founder of the Envision Your Elevation Retreat, where she helps women not only identify, envision, but come up with a whole ass plan to create the business and the life that they desire. And I'm talking everything from financial to building your dreams to literally figuring out the how and leading with a plan. And this is why I love her beyond so many other reasons. So without further ado, the woman that's going to snatch you the hell back today, <laughs> I want to introduce you guys to Lindasha Jameson. Hi, everyone. And thank you, Jessica, for, for such a great um, introduction. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Girl, I be telling everybody, you want me, listen, just hire me on stage. I'll do all the intros. Like, <laughs> yes, you're doing all the intros. Okay. Low key being <laughs> MC out here. Right. <laughs> so, um, before we even jump into this, and she's one of my favorite South Carolina natives, y'all you're going to be able to tell in her voice real quick. So um, just, just a, a short version, like journey to attorney growing up in a, a town with a lack of resources. Cause like truly authentic. I've been to South Carolina a million times. I used to work there all the time. And I mean, there you have seen no lack of resources until you have been into some of the cities or the tiny towns in South Carolina. So give me the short version of what like just journey to attorney and understanding your value and who you are as a woman, because you walk it every day. Absolutely. And um, hi, everyone. Again, my name is Lindasha Jamison, and I'm so excited to speak with you guys. Um, so I am originally from South Carolina. I am the oldest daughter of um, a single parent mom. Um, so I grew up in a town where my mom, first of all, did the very best she could. You know, she had four children, making it on her own. And I also had my grandmother and my aunt along to help. But um, very tight in resources. I grew up actually in the hood. Um, I don't know <laughs> how many of you are familiar with hood life, but there are four hoods. It's the east side, south side, west side, and north side of a city. And I actually grew up in three of them from zero mm. to 18. I spent time living in every hood except Eastside, right? So I don't know how, 
y'all's hoods are, but that was uh, my experience. And so one of the things for um, my life as a child is I knew that if I was going to make something of my life, that it would definitely be pretty much on me to do. Um, my yep. father was absent. And so being able to recognize now how I overcame poverty and fatherlessness and um, working myself out of some of the circumstances that you find when you are, you know, the oldest child in a single parent home, I look back and it's like, oh, wow, it's amazing. So my journey really was focused on mostly school. School was like my way out. Um, so I really hammered down, of course, in books. I love to read. Mm. Um, and I kind of took that love for reading all the way to the next level. And it took me all the way through law school um, and passing the bar. And I am now the owner of the Jameson Law Firm. I'm a health law attorney, assisting physicians with their contract negotiations and also their reviews. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. And I know what that's like, like when you are, when you're from, you know, an area where there's a lack of, I, let me say, I don't know what that's like, but let me say that, like, you have to marry an idea of something that will get you out of that place. Like, you know, for men, a lot of times that's sports for women, that's either school or for some women, it's a man, you know, whatever it is, but you have to like in your mind, marry something that is going to make you worthy of getting out of the, the norm. Right. Correct. And I know coming from a small town, everybody's like, Oh, you so big time now you. So this you're so that, so I just (laughs) assume you don't live in South Carolina anymore. No, I don't. I live (laughs) in Atlanta now. (laughs) I left South Carolina at 18 to attend Spelman college in Atlanta and Mm. Atlanta has been home since I love Atlanta, love my hometown, love my um, family back in South Carolina. And you are right. They are such cheerleaders and, uh, just, you know, super supportive in the fact that I'll, in all that I've accomplished and traveling the world, um, it's been beautiful to be able to see so many of the people from back home, like inbox me or say, Landasha, I travel the world through you. And just so many things that have happened that I'm like, huh? Like, they're like yeah, I, I know I may not ever get a chance to, but, you know, I see the world through your eyes. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening up to us. And so it's really um, good to be able to give back and truly, truly, um, you know, understand that all that I've envisioned for my own life, right, my own elevation from season after season after season of elevation that I've already experienced in my life and for the visions that I have for my future, like I'm not done, I'm still alive. So the envision your elevation work is still what I do even now and um, yeah. being able to see that it's, it's so much bigger than you when you've come out of certain circumstances and really overcome stuff. So I'm so excited to share with the ladies today. We have a juicy topic today. Yes. I, I'm yes. excited about, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's switch gears because this is a huge deal for me. And I'm going to talk lightly about this part because it doesn't even deserve our time, but I'm going to talk lightly about this part because if you guys are, well, first one of the, I feel like one of the the places that Landasha has helped me the most has been relationships and identifying my worth and my standards and my boundaries and what I deserve as a woman and what type of woman that I am and that it's perfectly okay to own that. And so I really feel like Landasha has taught me what it's like to walk and own in being a high value woman. And if you are new to planet earth, you, you would have to be under a rock to not know who Kevin Samuels is, 
who is the male online that's talking about high value men, what they deserve, what type of women they deserve. Like he, he says that he's helping men find their worth, which in some route, I think he is a little bit. Um, but in the process, I feel, we feel like he's, I feel like he's very much so degrading women. And so I think now more than ever, women really need to own and understand their value. I'm not saying that this is so terrible, but I think that we don't need to be focused on that. I think we need to be focused on our value and what we bring to the table and understanding that we are and always will be the prize. And so I'll start with this because you and I discussed this right before we jumped on was that you really believe that a lot of a lot of women waste a lot of their time choosing men that aren't ready. And that's where we get into this vicious cycle of attracting the same thing over and over again. So that's one. And then I want to get into what we attract. Yes. <laughs> so absolutely. And um, this topic, I think, is so necessary given the climate of our relationships yes. um, between men and women. And just so that your audience knows, I am married. Um, yes. I'm married to my college sweetheart. <laughs> We've been together. It'll be 16 years at the end of this Aww. year and married for um, 13 years this month, actually. Wow. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. You and, and far between. We like we love to see it. <laughs> right. Right. And so um, he's a hospitalist. He's a physician. Mm -hmm. And so while I was in law school, he was in med school and our mm -hmm. paths have been very much so connected to each other um, in building out our relationship and building out our lives, but doing it, building it on a real love. And um, so that's where I am, just so you kind of right. know that I'm not a man hater. I'm not a man no. basher. You know, some of the energy that we get, I know you mentioned Kevin, some of the energy we feel coming from him as women. We're like, do you like us? Like, do, you, do you even, you do know, you even like I, 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 every, Yes. It I, sounds like you hate us. <laughs> You hate the ground we walk we on. Have feelings. Hello, we're women. We have feelings. Y'all got to know that by now. We always yes. talk about our feelings. So um, just so you know, I'm not a male hater, a man hater, or anything. Right. I have two brothers, uh, three brothers, actually, my oldest yep. and then the two that I was raised with. And so, um, but we're going to have a very real discussion about what does it look like to be a high value woman? for yourself first, but the question you asked was about what does it look like when you are looking to choose a man, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're a woman and you believe you're high value and you're ready for a romantic relationship. How do you go about choosing that? And so I think it's a two-part answer. The first part is one, how do you define what is valuable to you as a woman for your own presence? Mm. You know, one of the things that our world now, not just with Mr. Samuels and the people who kind of go in his narrative, but so many of the men are not afraid to tell you anymore what they value about you. OK, Ooh. they're not afraid. They're like, look, ladies, get yourself together because this is what we want. Right. But what I'm finding is in any circumstance, when a person has not first established firmly who they are mm -hmm. and what they value, you can easily lose yourself always looking to be what someone else ultimately values for you, right? So the first part of the discussion is one, as a woman, what qualities do I find to be valuable in my own being, right? And one of the things that I know for myself in having examined that question in 
horrible circumstances and even in light circumstances is I know that for me, I value having a good emotional presence for myself. I value having fun and having a positive perspective, all of those things. That's that's for me, whether a man likes it or does not. I've recognized that my being is better like that. When you establish what qualities are valuable to you as a woman first, you have an anchor. Mm. You have an anchor, something that keeps you no matter what's going on in any relationship. A high value woman is high value in every relationship that she shows up. I am high value in business. I am high value with my friends. I am high value with my man, my husband, even the guys that I dated prior to him that I did not choose to be my husband. Um, I am high value when I show up in my community as a community leader. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing to the table these qualities that I know are going to service the unique needs that are present and that, and it's useful to them, right? Mm -hmm. So when you now isolate your romantic relationship, that confidence that you know you can bring something great to the table is 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 an aura in you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you know what you value, a lot of times in this discussion, and I see this online a lot, everybody's talking about the law of attraction, and I love the law of attraction. Right. It is a law that is necessary, and it's but it's one law. It's one of the natural laws involved in you manifesting the life that you want. Another law is the the law of choice, the power of choice, which is what you got into. I see a lot of women who have so many beautiful qualities about them. Of course, there may be some areas that you need to work on. They have so many beautiful qualities about them. And they're like, you know, choosing. They're attracting a lot of stuff, right? They're attracting all of these things. Like I say sometimes, I mean, I'll attract dudes from the hood. Even now I'm married and I'm not entertaining those men. But in terms of attraction, dudes from the hood and dudes in corporate, right? Right. The massive range in terms of men who are continuously coming up to me to see if I'm available today. Right. But I knew I was responsible for my choice of men. Right. And what I see a lot of women do is they are not very clear and have not owned what vision they have for their lives. And then from that solid anchored place in who they are and what vision they have for their lives. Now, when men are attracting, when men are coming up to you or when you're attracted to a man, both you are now able to choose a person to be in this very weighty position of spouse or fiance or the person you're dating. You're able to choose someone who fits what vision you see. Um, and it's in our choices that we're, we're failing as, a, as, in my opinion, as women. It, it's what we're choosing. When you say there... Hold on. So many things you said. So when you said weighted position, that just screams how important of a decision is when you choose, because there's a difference in dating and choosing. Right. But two, when you said anchor, I was like, this, this, this makes so much sense because we always talk about women losing themselves in relationships, like losing ourselves in relationships and losing ourselves in motherhood. Right. And we lose ourselves in relationships that primarily comes because what do we do as women? They say, we don't know what, we don't know what we want to eat. We don't know what we want, where we want to go, but that none of that is true. It's because we're not anchored and we're waiting for him to tell us We're we call that being submissive. We're, we're like, oh, where, you know, I don't know, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do. When in reality, we know what the hell we want. 
We know we want Italian food. We know we want Mexican. We know we want to go to the movies instead of the club tonight. Like, we know we want you to cuddle us instead of show us off tonight. Like, we know, but we won't say it because we feel like this is some valuable trait or submissive. This is part of submissiveness, or we are being a chameleon to the likes and needs of our partner without honoring our own because there's literally no anchor. Yes. <laughs> there's no, you're not, you're not anchored. And what has happened effectively is you have put the life of another, you've esteemed their life higher than your own. Which is why we find ourselves less valuable later on. This is why we look up and we are resentful of ourselves. We've abandoned ourselves and we're wondering why we feel this way. And we feel empty because we've said yes to someone else a million times and equally said no to ourselves. Yeah. You've said yes to someone at the expense of yourself. So, and and this isn't a judgment thing. This is just a no, reality no. that these women were done. Nervous. It been there. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those ugly tears you cry when someone's hurt your feelings, and you don't have a follow up conversation that, hey, this hurt me. You know, when you are not stepping into your relationships, being honest about what's good and what's great, and also being honest about where the relationship may be falling short and where you guys need to put a little bit more attention and time so that it can be, it can gel and you guys can come together and have something worth showing up for. Right. Yeah. So, um, at the root of being anchored, I believe you have to be honest. And you brought up some great points when you were speaking just now about how a woman will be sitting there and she'll say, you know, I don't know what I want to eat. I don't know this. I don't know that. And you think that that is submission and we can get in what into what submission is and who you submit to, because I don't believe you submit to every man because he has not shown himself to be your king. He has not shown himself to be your committed high value man, the man who's committed to you as a high value man. So get right into that submission. You know, and how um, do we know who we should be, should be submitting to? Yeah. So when it comes to being anchored first, you, there's an honesty within yourself as a woman that uh, you got to get to that place. And that place should not be, you know, a nasty place, right? There, we all know in breakups, they take you, sometimes they take you far. Breakups can take you so far. I call it in your graveyard experience, right? You're down in that grave. You don't want to live anymore. You just think nothing, nothing can cause you emotional turmoil, like your romantic relationship falling apart. Yes. Um, so when I be visiting there every now and then, I don't live there, but I be, I be playing. Like, I feel like I get off the sidewalk and walk, cut off in there sometimes. Right. And when I look up and I'm like, how did I, why am I here? Yeah. It's ugly, it's scary. Get out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> yes. Get out at all costs. So, you know, we know that relationships can take you to that graveyard experience, but one beautiful thing about the graveyard experience, when you come out of it, it should be an anchor, right? There's something you have to learn down there in the grave. And then from the grave, I say you move to the valley. That's that next sign of upness in your pit experience. And then so from I still the have to climb the mountain. Yeah. And you, but <laughs> I then know you where still, a valley is. <laughs> yeah. But then you still get to the ground. And some people are like, girl, I'm just good if I get to the ground. Let me just yeah. get a basic, solid relationship with a guy who's consistent and, and we and likes me. about the mountaintop right now. No, like, no, I don't need the mountaintop. I just need somebody <laughs> that likes me enough to be with me and tells me things that I don't have about myself. Yeah. So I won't go there. Right. So, but in, you have to, to be anchored 
you have to be honest. And when I say honest, I mean honest about the vision, about who you are, how you see yourself and how you're showing up. I'm not saying honest about the last man that done missed you over. Right. Correct. I'm talking about getting to know this person in a true and authentic way. So if you don't want Italian food on the date, you know, learning how to suggest, oh, well, Italian is not my favorite. Do you mind if we do Mexican? Mm-hmm. And that type of thing, uh, those things honor you in that dating process where you're not showing up lying because you can't, men are not stupid. I, they're not crazy. Over time, really he's going to be like, okay, she's another one of those who mm-hmm. hasn't really done her true work, to be honest, without being mean. And, and you yeah. know, like, we can get hellish as a woman, we can get a little nasty. So <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so, so when, so then. Okay. So I understand the anchor and the honesty. When, when does submission come into play? Like, when do you know you have the right man to submit to? Obviously not after a couple of dates, we shouldn't be submitting to anyone. They have not deemed themselves worthy of us submitting to. And I love that you said, this is not your King. Mm-hmm. So like with your husband, how did you know he was the King? He was the one, this is someone that I'm more than willing to submit to over and over again. Well, he kept proving it. He Mm. literally to this day is still proving it. He does the work, Mm. right? He, I don't have to wonder about whether I'm with the right person or not, because at all of our crossroads, he continued to show up in our relationship and he continued to show up in a way that I could respect him. He was both honest. You know, I don't, I have a very honest husband. He Um, the nature of his work requires a certain commitment to the truth. You know, he's dealing with our bodies. The body is scientific. It's scientific. It is what it is. So my husband shows up a certain way and that literally, I could not help but to yield. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people struggle with like, well, what is submission? Well, at the root, submission means to come up under a mission. It means to come up under a mission. So first you have to have a man who's on one. You have to have a man who is on so we're submitting to men that don't have a mission. <laughs> they just, they just out here existing. They smoking weed. They have no clue what they want. They are playing the game 24 seven, nothing wrong with the game to release your stress. But I mean, 24 seven, what there's no mission. He doesn't know who he is. You, you can't even ask him, a deep, you know, not ask him a deep question. You've been around him enough to know he couldn't answer a basic question of, where do you see yourself in six months? I'm not, forget five years, forget right. a lifetime. Right. Six months, what, what are you going to be doing? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out tomorrow or I'm trying to figure out today. And I want to make sure that I'm not insensitive when I say that because I come from an experience in a resource poor experience. I know that there are times where that is your focus is survival. Like, I don't know where the next meal is going to come from or what we're going to eat tomorrow. I I lived in experiences where people connected to me. That was their story in the hood. Right. Mm -hmm. But there was a difference between the people who were working to figure that out and the people who had just accepted that plight. And when you are entertaining a man who's accepted a plight of just existing, he's showing you, he doesn't want more. So he's not even on mission. You that's the first step. Is, is, Is he on a mission? 
Where is he going? And you will know that because he will be going somewhere. He will be doing something. The second thing is submission means to come up under a mission. His mission needs to be high enough. When I say high enough, I mean it needs to have a set of qualities that bring out a version of you that wants to be better, right? Mm -hmm. Like not perfect. He's not a perfect man, but my husband's um, mission for our family, when we sat down and he was like, well, these are my values. This is what I value, right? Right. He values honesty. He values um, financial responsibility. These are things, you know, we talked about. He values his relationship with, you know, God, his own personal relationship with the word. He doesn't go to church a ton or whatever. He actually grew up. He was an atheist growing up, but ended up going on his own spiritual journey before me. And when I met him, this was a value of his. And that was something he articulated. Um, and so for me, it was very much so in alignment with who I was as well. And, but there was a higher mission, right? He wasn't down here talking about, well, you know, I'm just trying to flip, you know, this to here and that, and I'm not knocking hustle now. I'm not knocking hustle because hustle is good, but there has to be more than hustle. So my husband was of course in college, he was studying for the MCAT. So he had the hustle part. Don't neglect the hustle, but he had so many other qualities about himself. He had hobbies that he enjoyed. Um, So for a long time, he played basketball. The MCAT kind of sat that down or whatever. (laughs) He had hobbies. Um, We knew we wanted to travel the world one day when we got done with school. And and there was this ease in us being able to dream together. and, And we knew that for whatever season, we were going in the same direction. Wow. Oof. So... (laughs) <laughs> we're not so ladies before we move into this next question we're not submitting to anyone that's not on a mission okay got it so that's i want to go that's say a what? friend that's, that that most that's that a friend. friend yeah oh we get along real well and he's nice and he says nice things to me that's fine keep him in the friend zone moving on <laughs> so i want to get into the culture for a minute because i feel like this is inevitable because of social media right like i have never I mean, I'm only 32, but I I just, it's so hard. It's just so hard. And I feel like right now more than ever, like, first of all, I feel bad for hardworking men that like do have a good soul because I feel like the grading stick for men right now is the size of their wallet and the size of their, you know, performance Mm -hmm. to you. What do you feel like we're measured by as women right now, primarily? Yeah. And I think that's a great question. Um, So when I think of culturally, right, Mm -hmm. um, I think of us as America, we're definitely a money driven culture, we're a media driven culture, um, social media, hence that. And those two things alone create a unique set of dynamics for all of our relationships that you don't see in the rest of the parts of the world. Right. We travel. My husband and I travel the world a lot. And it's like breathing a different air. You're like, oh, yes. I've been- what a relief. Yeah, yeah. But we live here in America. So the idea is how are you going to be successful in navigating relationships in this culture? Well, I think women are, it depends on who you ask in our culture in terms of how we're viewed. I think what men are saying that they value more in this day and age is of course, one thing they've always valued is how we look, how we show up. Are you cute? Are you pretty? What's the rankings? M- men value beauty, even if they, they don't speak about our beauty in such 
primal ways, I'll say, um, a man is going to notice a beautiful woman just because that's how he's, he's wired. So I think our presentation is something that we are definitely judged by as yep. men. And they put us in a position based off of how we show up, whether we want them to or not. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I've observed that, that that is one big thing for the men in our culture. Another thing is how cooperative we are. Um, some men would say, you know, if he's at a certain immaturity, he would say, oh, you getting on my nerves and you just, yeah, yeah, yeah you always doing this. Um, and a more mature man would say, you know, there's a lot of friction when I interact with you. You're not very cooperative. So I, at the heart of it, I think it's how easy is it to work with this woman, no matter what the man's maturity is. Um, and Balance in, and peace. And then peace, yeah, for the men. For women, culturally, if we're talking about amongst ourselves, um, I think right now there's a lot of trust, betrayed trust amongst women in culture too. Um, so if you find a healthy woman, she's going to want a woman that um, is is mature in the sense so she can keep her mouth closed, not all Ooh. the gossiping, yep. a woman who doesn't bring a lot of drama, a woman yep. who is basically living her life and maybe managing her children, managing her business and wants to go out and party and have a good time and then come back home and do it again tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we want women who are honest and true and um, just come with a good atmosphere and someone you can trust mm. the babies. I think they want mommies and aunties to be happy. It's like, they don't want to see us sad. And I think they recognize that there are a lot of women, you know, who are crying. I have a, one of, um, a good friend of mine, she was talking about how her daughter, like every emotion she makes, well, mommy, why are you angry? Mommy, why is your face looking like that? Why are you whatever? I think we neglect the children in our culture too, because they are starting to speak and yes. say, we recognize that you're not happy or healthy and it's just like as a mom you want to be like quit looking at me but you they can't you no, are there you family. have to address it I was crying the other morning and my son climbed in my lap he's three and he was like mommy and then he just looked at me he said I'm sorry and he hugged me and I was like honey I'm not crying because of you can't I had to say his name I was like Cameron didn't do it it's not Cameron's fault I was like mommy loves Cameron and he was like oh and then he said it was so cute he said oh it's your friends and I was like yeah, it's mommy's friends. Like, you know, mommy's sad about her friend. And he was like, okay. And then he tried to find something to give me one of his toys. But he he's so sad when I'm sad. He'll say, yeah. mommy, why are you crying? Yeah. Our and children like, are a part I do not of want him to think this is his fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, I think culturally it depends. Again, the kids, they just wanted to be happy. And, and yep. they, that's it. So that's how I'd answer Let's talk about the new balance. I I had a the actually um, previous episode with Ludmila Woodruff, and um, she's a relationship coach. And I loved her take on it because, you know, we were talking about like things are a mess right now. Like I either it's what I'm attracting in my life right now, but I know a lot of like relationships falling apart post COVID. Right. Yeah. And she was just saying that, you know, in the last 50 years, things have changed so much as far as the roles of men and women significantly, like she was like, it's unfair to say that it's either gender. Like she was like, men, you know, were went from being just caretakers, take care of the home, take care of the kids, go get the money, you know, take care of the household or just, you know, go get to now they need to be like emotional beings. They need to be politically correct. They need to be your best friend. They need to be your partner. And they also need to like 
you know, woo you off your feet and romance you as well. Whereas women, we went from just being the household caretakers and mothers to the children and making sure the man was fed to now we are, you know, emotional beings. We have to be breadwinners as well. We have to manage a business and support your mission. We have to be fine and fit and stay beautiful for our partner. Like it's just, you know, like, and we have to all, it's just all these things. And she was like, people are beginning to crack. Like the expectation is absurd as the level of perfection that is expected from both partners. So in a successful 16 year marriage, what do you think the balance actually looks like for two? Cause you and your husband, husband are both successful. What does that balance look like for two successful people? Yes. I, I that question is, um, Definitely one that could be its own podcast episode, <laughs> honestly. So I'm going to give, I think, give us uh, a few, <laughs> the few core, the few core requirements to how do you balance it in a, how do you balance all of these cultural differences and norms, these new norms and still have a successful relationship? I think the very, very first thing is you have to remember that your relationship is about the two of you. Mm. I think one thing that has always sort of been a, a, a theme or a threaded theme in my, my unique relationship is that it's between he and I. We've never allowed the culture or our parents or our friends, they don't get access to us in terms of what we're doing that works for the Jamesons. That's he and I. Mm. And in this culture, I, I see so many influences that have nothing to do with the two people that sometimes come in and rip those relationships apart. And, you know, if a relationship means a lot to both people, you'll have to put up those healthy boundaries. And our, and our families and friends have always respected it, but we started that way, right? Um, that's number one. You got to remember that to find the balance, it will be based off of you two and what your vision for your life and your relationship is. Um, another thing that I think is important in terms of finding the balance is after you two have decided what that vision is, now hearing how you see these new norms. You guys have to have those difficult conversations with each other about, yo, are you more traditional as a man? Are you more um, open to these new norms that exist now? You have to know what type of woman you are when you're coming to the table. If you are super committed to the new norms in our culture and that's how you want to live, then a, a man who has more traditional values may not be a good fit for you. And you have to make that, that call earlier in the dating scene, yes. um, in my opinion. And so you know, I know for us, we tend to have a more traditional based relationship, right? So even though I'm very, very much so my own woman and you are everything that the world's, you know, like, oh, you're a boss chick and all these words that I just let people use about me. <laughs> um, when push comes to shove, I still have a very traditional um, marriage and I enjoy that, right? I enjoy and taking out on dates by my husband. He knows that's one of my things. That's one of my, that's one of my desires and requirements. He planned date night for Friday and yeah. let you entertain and court me in that way. And it may be the South Carolina in me, right? Mm -hmm. um, my friends from California, they're more like, oh no, you know, they yeah. vibe a little bit differently. So 
um, have those conversations with each other and then see if it's a good fit. My husband's from the South, so he it, it works. Um, and, and those two things alone, I think, would help ease a lot of the, this tension with yep. the balance. Because there's so much comparison right now. There's so much people are viewing what other people are doing. They, you know, or they think that if they're not getting what they're seeing, then their relationship is not valued. It is insane. Insane. Yes. It, it, it truly is like. I think that it's really killing relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so there's a maturity in rising above a lot of the noise. It's noise everywhere, but um, again, getting into that high value, we're talking, sometimes we talk vibration or what yep. vibe you're giving off, you know, you will attract a lot of things, but you're looking to choose the man who has the type of maturity to have this conversation because right. otherwise you're, you're damning yourself before you start. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of people. Wow. Oh, it's so funny because a lot of the stuff I hear you saying is like foundational before you get into another relationship. Mm -hmm. Very foundational. And I love that you said that you guys keep everything between the Jamesons because it's like, do you know, I mean, eat, like I'll throw myself under the bus. When this relationship ended, I was like, do I tell people, do I not tell people? But I've also, this was also been a huge part of my brand, you know, and I, he actually advised me to tell people because he was like, I feel like you can't tell your truth. Like, I feel like you, he felt like I was like muted and would not show up for my brand because I felt like I was hiding something. And he advised me to share it, you know, just go share it. Just, it's fine. Um, but I, there are times when I look up and I'm like, wow, I, I opened the door to too many people to being a part of this. Way too many people if that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes we're looking for, you know, we're not sharing for the sake of hurting the other person. We're sharing for the sake of, we're looking for healing. Yeah. Um, we're looking for help. We're looking for healing. And sometimes you just have to vent. Like this has definitely been a situation where I've learned like you, um, sometimes I'm not looking for answers. You know, like man, people are, some people are so logical and they want to, okay, well, this is what I hear you saying. And this is how I can help. No, sometimes I don't want help. I just need to get that out. But I love that you and your husband have decided like, here's our circle of influence. You know, maybe you're, uh, there's a therapist or people involved that are close that you keep close. And then outside of that, it is up to up in between you two. Period. And I, and, and we're both pretty, um, you know, he's the oldest of four. I'm the oldest of four. And we already kind of have that very, we're a very dominant couple mm -hmm. in general, like meaning the energy just is in our relationship because of even our birth positionings. Right. And so not all the, I'm not saying all the alpha male, female stuff that right. too, that's like a whole situation in our world. And I'm like, we're going far y'all. We got to reel it in, but there is a lot of dominance, I would say in our relationship. And so I don't even think it would, it would work well. And that's why if you look at your relationship and let's say, you guys, you do have a partner that may be a little bit more passive or doesn't like confrontation, just kind of goes with the flow. Um, you have to make sure you can you can fit in with that type of person. Yeah. You know, with my personality, I work well with an assertive man. Some women may not. Some women may really be like, oh, uh, -uh. <laughs> you know, and, and that's where it gets back to who you are as an individual and who you guys are. You guys are as a guys are as a couple are as a couple. Mm. So 
I feel like you really hold your husband in a high, like, like you hold your expectations for your husband in a really high regard. Do you think women should upgrade their standards? Is this part of the problem? Or do you think women are too scared to upgrade their standards? Or Mm -hmm. do you feel like your expectations for your husband are what has made the relationship so successful? You know, I think that's a good, that's a really good question. And one thing I will say, because I always go back to the individual people, right? That's Mm -hmm. what relationships are made of. When I met my husband, he was already the, you know what? Okay. He was a shit. Yeah. (laughs) Period. I was the very first conversation I had with him. He was not my husband at the time, of course. I was impressed. He held his own standards. He held, mm. he had his own sense of excellence. I what I was impressed because I was the same way. You know, I recognized that quality inside of me. I wasn't trying to be it and then gravitating towards him in this weird, like, oh, I want that. Maybe it'll rub off on me. No, I was impressed because I also possess that. And what ends up happening is expectations of the other person like over time when my husband proved that that initial meeting was actually who he was it wasn't something he was doing to try he wasn't to showing me. you the representative this oh, was, right he wasn't showing this was him, and, him through and through through the core yes so and time is the only thing that can tell that and so throughout time this is just who my husband is and so what ended up happening is there are certain things that I don't even have to have an expectation of him has, right? He's a full grown man who does what he needs to do. I, I literally don't even spend time being like, I expect this of you. I'm, I don't have a son. You know, mm. I, don't, I don't have a son that I'm raising that that son energy. Um, I How think, many women right now are listening are like, oh, my God, I have a whole son like my my like you because then you have a kid with that person. You got two kids. You don't want those problems. You don't want those. You have two children. Correct. Um, and men are not even wired very much. What I see is they're not even wired like that with us. Like you sound like his mama when you start talking what my expectations are. And it's like, okay, you giving me mom vibes and you may even repel whatever work he was doing. Um, at the same time, there are moments where I have desires that I won't met. All right. And for me, I believe that I'm worthy of having those desires met if I'm going to commit in a relationship. Otherwise, you could just date, right? If, you, right? if you're going to go to the point of commitment, then that means it has to be worth it for people. So let's say there are desires that I have that he just doesn't know, or I've shifted and grown in a certain area and I have to reintroduce myself to him. Then that's just a conversation between two grown people saying, hey, you know, this is how I evolved or COVID happened and this is how I've shifted and changed and this is what I need in this season. Now, those things, those things happen, but that's just a communication of your evolution. And then from there, you're deciding if the relationship is something that you guys are still willing to work on and sustain. Wow. Okay. So I feel like this question, I'm going back to kind of what we talked about in the beginning, but I want to be really clear because I've been in a couple, I I have a relationship coach. I've been in a couple um, groups with women that were like all in a a coaching group for relationship coaching or healing. Mm -hmm. And one thing that is not 
non-existent, like there's an abundance of is women. And there's women like that listening to this podcast right now that are high value, high value women. I'm talking, make a great income, already take care of themselves, already own a home, already financial, financially stable, beautiful, keeping up with themselves. What I would consider high value, no shortage of them are struggling in relationships. Like, you know, being cheated on, lied to, money issues, like dealing with men's egos. What do you think the high value woman struggles with the most? Not basically, not maybe what she's dealing with with men, but why is she, you know, you would think that if, why why is she dealing with the same issues, you know, that maybe less, not that I'm saying that there's higher, I'm not degrading women here, but a woman that has really established herself, why is she dealing with similar issues? What does she struggle with the most? You know, I think at the core um, of the struggles when it comes to men and and women who are considered women who women consider high value. Let me say that because I think some men would disagree with that statement. But who we as women, when we say she's bad, we were talking about things. All right. Why does she? Um, I think it can be twofold. Number one, I think you always first have to start with yourself. And look and see, are you healed yourself Mm. and ready for a relationship? Because many of us have really had our hearts shattered into pieces. And many of us may think, okay, I'm ready for a relationship. But in reality, men interact with you and they're like, hold on, am I going to get a landmine today? Like she's everywhere emotionally. She's everywhere you know, mentally, her thoughts are everywhere. She hasn't really become whole yet again. Mm. So healing is a long process. I'm not saying wait until you finish healing in order to date, but I am saying being very mindful of bringing your brokenness to the table when you're entertaining a new man, right? Because that's just not his responsibility. One, I think a lot of women are not honest about where they truly are in their healing journey. And there are more pieces than they like to acknowledge. That's first on our own accountability. Second thing is, let's say as a woman, yeah, you've had your heart shattered, but you've really done the healing work like myself, right? You had exes or an ex that just wasn't ready. You went too far in the emotions. And so you really had to heal or you had father wounds or whatever it is. Um, One of the things now is a lot of women choose trauma men. And men who have never gone through any healing, they haven't picked up a book, they have not gone to a counselor, they have not been honest about experiences that they've had. And I think as women, you haven't done your due diligence in making sure that when you're dating, you're not choosing traumatized men who have not even started their healing journey. And I think there there are a lot of men that struggle with healing because healing requires a lot of vulnerability and being a woman who, you know, works with men. I'm an attorney. I work with a lot of successful men, honestly, many of them white, some of them black. Um, I deal with it on a daily basis, the lack of vulnerability. And, and I'm in a profession rightfully so is rooted in conflict so it's very hard to be healing and dealing with conflict but basically I see traumatized men a lot is what I'm saying some women just uh, they're attracted to that project and the more you 
are choosing these traumatized men who have decided not to heal for whatever reason, the more you're subjecting yourself, the more you are not going to find a king because kings have healed and are healing. Kings are very protective of their emotional energy, just like a queen is actually. My husband's very protective of who he's around and his community and what he does. He's, he's, he understands that he's human as well and they get hurt. There's not this macho vibrato of I can't be hurt. Right. And so um, I think that some women don't, they don't believe that that type of man exists. He does exist, but he's just on his journey. So you're going to find him um, in the gym, not talking to many people, probably. He's not going to be the superstar or the, he may be the trainer, right? My trainer is a husband <laughs> and they're very healthy, but he may be the trainer, but he also may be married and his wife is there, but he'll be the guy who's working out by himself or he may be the guy who's looking at sports. If he's eating by himself, he's not going to be trying to get all of the attention or whatever else. And so, you know, I think women overlook men who may be more emotionally ready for these relationships. Wow. Because we think he's lame or he's alone or why would he be eating alone or he's too busy for me or <sighs> listen, y'all. <laughs> so this one's a little, this one's a little off topic, but um, you mentioned it earlier. And I think there's a lot of like, I almost feel like I'm watching like men and women become like, like they're bumping heads. Like women don't agree with men. Men don't agree with women. And, and this may be very like a, a cultured online thing, but I feel like, you know, men are putting up a wall and saying like, I'm high. I, it's so funny. I just imagine like a kickball tournament and being like men on one side and women on the other. And men are like, we're high value. And women are like, no, no, we're the prize. And it's like this butting of heads of like, who should be valued more than the other. And so I guess my question is, is like, how do we unite again? Is like, we're not supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be one. And two, like, who's, who's breeding this woman hatred? Is it women or is it men? Mm -hmm. Wow. Very deep questions. Um, so when you were talking about your dodgeball example, what came in my head is like, I kind of see like God sitting in heaven, right? If you don't believe in God, just entertain me for a second, right? If you have like God sitting in heaven, you're like Jesus, you got the angels and everybody's like watching the earth. And they're like, you know what? I could have sworn at the beginning, I told these two to come together and cause the earth to flourish. That was your mission. I gave y'all one thing. Let what it be a damn one job. One job. And y'all out here won't even talk to each other. You, you're, you're out here and competing. Yeah. Find the simplest way to relate to one another. And if somebody for a second lets down their ego to try, the next person is hammering and they march off like a wounded animal. Like, <laughs> I tried to be humble. It didn't work. I got attacked. So I'm not doing that again. Right. And so um, when it comes to, you know, who is breeding this woman hatred, and I will say um, I've, I've observed it and felt it, you know, a lot because, you know, you're still human, you go into the world, 
you know, a good example is I went to get my nails done. And um, of course, now men are in the nail salon as well. Mm-hmm. And there was this black guy who, um, as I was coming in, you could tell that men struggle with whether they hold the door and not hold the door, right? Yes. And so he was coming in and he saw me coming out and I could tell he wanted to hold the door. So he did this kind of like hard push so that I could walk through. And I was like, so it was so awkward. But how much did you hate that you had to do that? (laughs) It was awkward. It was so awkward because I was just like, you could have just closed it in my head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's bleeding over into our soul, into our real life dynamics with each other. Um, and I think that each group has its part. It's playing a part. So with men, I think the domineering, the insults, the, you know, follow me, the, this is what I bring to the table. So in the law, it's the hardcore negotiations, right? When you're just going to stick, stand your ground, nobody gets any when you do that, number one. And eventually more mature lawyers who have navigated the field better, we look at you and we're like, no one wants to work with you, right? It's it's just not the way for even handling a case. And, and I say that because I deal in conflict as a profession. But one of the things with, I think that men are bringing to the table this that energy, that energy. And women are coming to the table and it's, uh-huh, ladies, uh-uh, we're not doing right. We're super critical of each other. Um, we are, you take a woman's man before she even done. Oh I mean, my you God. It's, it's so crazy how our culture has gotten to the point where, you know, these men aren't even fully available before your friend before your friend has come into the picture to be with your man. Like that's a major thing going on right now with one of the storylines um, in the world. And so I know. How can you win if 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 that's truly where our lack of patience has gotten us in the world? And one thing I will say is, of course, that may be on TV, but in real life, I know women who are dead set on until you give me the divorce papers sir call me then um they're not looking to be entangled (laughs) in all of this stuff so i think the women have played a part in certain ways and the men have played a part and all of it ends up being this hatred that we see coming out of uh, towards women right now well it's like who can i had a girl on on my show years ago and everyone talks about this line she said but she said I think women have become so competitive because we've got this nature in us that feels like there's only so much room at the top for us. And so we want to see each other win. But when you get to a space that I feel like you are taking up space for a place that I would like to cap, I would like to sit in, I'm going to yank you down and, and make space for myself. And I feel like all these women, well, it's, it's, I, I just talked about this with a man. He was like, it's so crazy. No matter how much of a dog a man is, a man will see another man with a great woman and be like, I see you, bro. Like, great. That's what's up. A woman will see a a woman will see a woman, her homegirl with a good man and be like, that should have been me. Correct. That should have been me. And if she slips up, I'm sliding in because he treats her well. So he's definitely going to treat me better because then we'll, then we'll reason with ourselves. Like, well, I look better than her and I'm, I make more money than her and blah, blah, blah. And literally be like, so the minute she slip up, 
I'm next and won't even yeah. wait. Shoot the shot, yeah. right? Like right at the worst time. Like I, I just talked to a girlfriend that said that her best friend of 20 years went and told her man everything that she had ever done behind her back because she wanted him. And I was like, what? But that, like that right there, because that's why I asked, is it women or is it men? Because I know so many women doing so many shady things just for a spot, just for a spot, because they feel like they either want to be taken care of. They want this level of, you know, being shown off or being seen or the publicity or the authority or the, or they just see the way a man is treating a woman and they want that spot. Yeah. And And it's as if we think there's a shortage of men in this world or something. Right. And and honestly, I think that goes to another point of like, as a woman, when you're moving like that, you, you're not grounded in your own sense of value and worth. You're just not. A woman who esteems herself in a high position or a woman who has high self-esteem is not moving like that. I mean, even if she has to have seasons where she's by herself or whatever else, I mean, She's not, she's just not moving that way. And part of it is because, you know, I'm grounded in a set of qualities that one, I want my own internal experience to be better. Any woman, you know, and I'm not saying in your maturity, you haven't necessarily done some shady stuff or whatever else, but if you have, you know that emotionally and mentally, it does not turn out well for you. And so over time, there should be, you know, a recognition of, that is not going to end well for me. Mm. And when you don't consider how something will end well for you, I'm not saying it's selfish, that's self-love. It's an act of self-love to not interject yourself in someone else's relationship. Now I'm not talking, you know, you have situations like cases of the ex and all of that. And those are different circumstances that are very, very, that have to be navigated in a special way if you have a connection from somebody in your past. But I'm this stuff now where you're just out here taking people's man and, and doing all of that, it, it's not condemnation to any of my sisters, but it is a recognition that women have done that and it just, it, it don't end well. No. Even if the man leaves you and marries you. Like I, I have situations where I know that has occurred. I've been on vacation with couples older, right? Older Mm -hmm. couples, not necessarily my age, but where the woman is well known for taking another woman's husband and she got the money, she got the status, she on a nice vacation, on the yachts, but he is talking about his first wife and how he should have stayed with her. And I mean, it does not end well, sis. I don't know, you know, and if it does end well, it goes through a lot of hell from my observation, right? I And that's something as a woman, if you have to decide, do you want to take your soul there? Um, And, you know, for the women who are like, yeah, well, you know, it's easy to say if you, you know, I say you got men coming at you, you got men approaching you in grocery stores and this and that. And and I teach the message that I'm teaching, because even though I've already chosen and I'm living my life with a man who is a high value man, men recognize a woman who is coming to the table and her her aura is not drama her aura is not i'm about to do anything to get you but i'm also not ignoring them like i'm broken you know the broken women out here ignoring them acting like they don't exist and then the other women are too desperate jumping on him and acting like he the last man she gonna see. 
can we get a, a just a, a healthy, loving woman? Like, I just want a healthy woman. Hi, how are you? I saw I'm walking in the aisle. Hey, how are you doing? Not to for you to date me, but it's just cordialness, right? So right. those human to human dynamics that I think we're missing in this social media world where we can't connect in real life. Mm. Woo. So before we get into the last question, because I want to um, chat really quick about your retreat, I, I have a feeling that there's some women listening because I've said this to myself before in the past. I'm learning a lot about myself in this season. And I would, without a shadow of a doubt, say that I know that I'm a high value woman. If a man came to me and said, I'm a high value man, I'd be like, welcome, have a seat at the table. You have met your match, right? But there's some women listening to this that are where I've been before, which is like, that sounds great. I want to be that woman. I want to attract the man that is my, my equal or on a mission, but I don't feel like I'm that woman yet. What do you think? What would your advice be to a woman that's like, I want to make sure that the tree I'm climbing is not a man. It is working on becoming a woman of value. Uh, the, the core of a woman who has a very high sense of value about herself at the core, it's, it's confidence. Yes. Right. And I define confidence as, um, internally what you are persuaded about mm. with yourself, real internal persuasion, right? Your thoughts, mm -hmm. um, your confidence is here. It's not necessarily mantras help your confidence, right? Yep. Speaking affirmations help your confidence. They help reestablish what you believe about yourself. But ultimately, you will choose according to what you believe. Yep. And when you are trying to get from a place of like, I know it's in me, it's in every single woman to be a high value woman, just like it's in every single man to be a high value man, right? A king mm. or a queen. It's in all of us. That's that's our birthright. That's our highest selves, all of that. Every human highest being has self. it. But the start of it is in your confidence. And you need to do things on a daily basis that either get you in the presence of women who truly do value themselves, those trusting women who are honest, who are living a life that they love, get around them and, and see how they move. But that's not the only thing. I've had friends who have tried to do that with me. And eventually it showed up in their decision making that sis, you got some more work to do. Or in some cases, they were even moving file and mm -hmm. and high value women and men are going to address that because at the end of the day, your, your heart and your mind is on the line. Your life is on the line and you don't give that power to anything externally, right? That's you and God. If I'm going to destroy my life, I'm going to destroy it. Okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not playing everybody else who she connected to is about to destroy her life. We're not doing that. Okay. No. If I wanted to destroy my life, I promise you, I have enough flaws, enough issues to do it myself. I have all the power to self-sabotage on my own. Yes. Thank you. I'm not going like to add people to my life. <laughs> Correct. Um, but get around them, but then invest in your own self and invest in, in learning who you are and what you want. Get back to those core desires. If you grew up in an environment that was not very trusting, it's going to be hard for you, mm. right? If you grew up in an environment where your parents were, I say you were raised by wolves because <laughs> some people were, Yep. It, it's going to be hard for you to find 
that voice and that confidence, but I promise you it's worth the journey. And I believe in grace. I believe that all goodness is being leaned towards us in our worst state and in our best state. And I believe that because grace has definitely gotten me here. Some of it has been my work and everything that I'm talking here, but it's also just been life circumstances and community and people coming around me and saying, you know, she really wants this. We want to help see her win. And people will do the same thing to you. It's a collective, it's a collective energy at the end of the day. You and I are, we're work, Jessica and I are working right now on your behalf. And so yes, I'm more voices like that. We all struggle with confidence. We all struggle with confidence. And I think in every season, I find something that helps me build upon it because I think it's like a forever thing. You can have it for a little while, lose it real quick. Um, and one of the things that in this season I have found that has built my confidence significantly, because, you know, they're going to tell you all the things, messy action, just do, you know, do things that make you feel good, fill your cup, blah, blah, blah. But in this season in particular, I have built so much confidence off of a level of self-care that I choose things that are only related are only in choice of myself. So when I make choices that empower me, that I lean on my own power, my own decisions, my own ability and intuitiveness, I like, afterwards, I'm like, wow, like, you did that. Like, you did that, you know? And I'm like, and I didn't even know, like I made a couple of decisions in this seasons where, season where I was like, that felt so damn good. Like, and then I'm like, oh, like, it just feels like it, it empowers me as a woman. And it mm -hmm. reminds me like you're in charge. You have the power within you to make every decision to create the life that you desire. And I think you said this in the beginning, which I can, I would love to bring full circle is like, ultimately it's all about you. It's all about being able to be anchored, be about you and be so full before getting in a relationship that and I'll relate this to a partner saying this to me one time, but being so full in a relationship that whether you come or you go, you didn't bring anything that I didn't already have and you won't leave with anything that I need. Like other than a few nice bonuses and having a partner to do life with, you're not leaving with anything that I need. I don't feel empty, lost or indifferent. I'm already full. And I had a partner say this to me one time and I didn't understand at the time, but now it makes sense. He said, I want you to be so damn confident that when, if, if I ever fuck this up, which he did. If I ever fucked this up, I want you to be like, too bad. That's your, like, you screwed up. See you bye. Yeah. And I was like, why would you say that? Wouldn't you want me to give you a second chance? And then, you know, but now I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, it's a, it's a fullness that like, <laughs> you're bad. Like my yeah. life stays the same. Yeah. Honestly, and my thoughts are, it gets better. I don't even do the same. You know, if you, <clears throat> because I'm, that vision, the envisioning is always there, right? I'm not interested in even staying the same. I'm, I'm interested in fully blooming in every yeah. season. I look forward to 60 and I laugh because in my head, my vision for my 60th birthday is y'all have not seen a train as long <laughs> as the train I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> That's going to be attached on my dress when I'm a full queen. Okay. Cause at 60, I feel like I've, done I've been it. around the sun. How many times? There's nothing you can tell me. I 
exist in this majestic, beautiful state. And y'all gonna see this train because this train has been around the sun 60 times. I got a whole everything from when I'm 60 so that I don't look and say, oh, my youth, I'm missing 18, I'm missing 20. No, that I love the I love the ages that I'm in. I'm in my third my 30s now. And honey, that's why I'm working on this body because I want to be in my bikinis. I was like, uh-uh, look at me in my 30s. Look at me in my 40s, but look at me in my 60s. Look mm. at me in my 70s, right? And that when you know who you are as a woman and you know that what you're bringing to the table energy-wise, intelligence, your ability to manage and navigate the financial world, all of those things, I'm going to get better, right? Mm. A great woman is like fine wine. She truly is. And you have to see that vision for yourself. So I'm looking forward to my train that goes out the door. They're going to be like, who is this crazy woman coming up in here with this major party for her 60th birthday? Absolutely. You and Dasha? <laughs> Me? <laughs> okay. And so uh-huh. only 60 is getting that and 70 is getting something else. And if God gives me to... <laughs> If I get to 80, we'll have something there at 80. My great grandkids will be involved in. Yes. I'm just generations. We're gonna have pictures with generations at that point. Oh. So, you know, it, it it's life. It's life, but you gotta live and you gotta quit existing in these states that make you not wanna live. And that is the high value woman. She's not choosing that, not choosing mm. a relationship that makes me not wanna live. You got me bent. <laughs> You had me bent. All the way bent. All the way bent. Or anything that minimizes my confidence, anything that minimizes my journey, anything that minimizes my mission, anything that minimizes any of those things. Because all of us can agree and have known, myself included, I have found myself in relationships before where I felt like my confidence was minimized, where I was constantly trying to prove myself for like reasons of inadequacy that would have never been enough to begin with. Never. That is minimizing your confidence. So of course you can't show up in your business. Of course you can't show up in your job. Of course you're not fit. You already feel beat. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Oh, so we could go on and on and on about the incredible high value woman, but Lindasha, I want you to tell them where they can stalk you, where they can find you. And then just tell them a little bit about your envision, your, uh, look at me about to say envision your, of elevation. I kept saying, wanted to say evaluation, her amazing retreat coming up envision your elevation. So tell them where they can stalk you and a little bit more about your retreat. Absolutely. You guys can stalk me on Instagram at Lindasha, L-Y-N-D-O-S-H-A. And my retreat is coming up this year. It's in October, October the 16th through the 18th in Atlanta, Georgia. It is going to be a phenomenal time. If you are a professional woman or a female entrepreneur and you know you are stuck in different areas, some of which that we discussed today, and you're looking to really recapture that vision for your life and reestablish yourself on a strong foundation, we are going to spend the weekend doing some fun things because I love to have fun at my retreats. Okay. So we'll probably go out one night. Um, We're looking at a hot air balloon ride actually (gasps) as well to talk about our elevation and what it looks like to ascend and have an experience there. Or if we can't get the hot air balloon, we're doing a helicopter pad. And so you're going to bring your nicest outfits. We're going to have champagne and so many things, a photographer to get 
while we are elevated because it's you can't be afraid of moving to your next level because i promise you everything that you're leaving is still going to be there okay you can come back anytime you want and yes. get that again if you decide you want to but there's something about growth and there's something about um putting your best foot forward that you have to examine your life as it is in five areas we're dealing with our finances our, our thoughts and our mind our emotions our spirit which for me is our relationship to a higher power and we're going to come together and we're going to I'm going to share with you how I navigate all of the areas of my life and um, what thought patterns and what processes and also what activities I do to make sure that each of those areas, including your relationships, that's the fifth area, your relationships are where they need to be so that they can elevate with you, right? Some relationships didn't come with me. And, it, and I'm going to share with you more insight about how did I go about dating? How did I go about choosing which man to entertain and which one not? We'll go through uh, my money management routine in a day and why I meditate before I touch my money and why I believe it's good to have a healthy emotional connection to your money so that so you can important. continue to invite it in your life. Okay. Yes. And, and so it's a beautiful ritual I'm going to share with you guys that I do around my money. Um, and then we're just going to have a good time. I'm going to invite some speakers. I have some amazing people that I would really love to introduce you guys to. Uh, my retreat is a very much so an intimate experience. And so you don't get access to the location unless you put the deposit down. So everything is given through the emails and we keep it um, very private in nature. Very intimate. I know don't want your business blasted out on the on the web. But these are the most powerful ones because you get that intimate experience and you get to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with, which is what a lot of people are looking for when it comes to transformation. It's hard to get a transformation when you are not having an intimate experience with someone that has been there, done that before. So I am so excited for what you're doing. Guys, please, please check it out. Follow Lindasha. And if you want more of her, you can obviously join her for her retreat. You can also check her out at Innovative Income Summit. She will be one of our powerful speakers on Saturday, our two-day summit. Um, Y'all don't even know what you're in for. This is going to be a true treat. And so you can see her at Innovative Income Summit and you can grab your ticket at InnovativeIncomeSummit.com while they still last because listen, they're almost already gone. We've sold over 60% of our tickets already. So make sure you go grab your ticket and you can see Landasha and so many more of our powerful speakers over this two-day event. And Landasha, I cannot thank you enough for this conversation. And just really connecting with these women and helping them understand just what walking in your value truly looks like. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded face is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.